Hello and welcome to another episode of MotoGP Podcast, Last on the Breaks. That countdown finish caught me a little bit by surprise, <laughs> that final panic. Hello everyone, thank you very much for joining us. I'm from Wild and as ever, joining me is Elliot York to talk about this week, something quite exciting, a huge new announcement for the sport. But first, Elliot, how are you? Yeah, all good. Thank you, Fran. Yeah, happy to be back on. It was, <laughs> yeah, a bit of a busy weekend in Austria, weren't it? A lot, a lot happened. Some massive news for the sport, as we're obviously going to come to very, very shortly. Um, but yeah, all good. Looking forward to obviously a nice weekend off, and then we go again in Mazzano. But yeah, plenty to get our teeth stuck into uh, from last weekend. There is. I think your iconic WhatsApp when we we're talking about some topics for later in the show was Fabio God. <laughs> And it said it all. So yes, we yeah. will come to Fabio's godlike ride. <laughs> but without further ado, let's introduce our guest then. It is Chief Sporting Officer of Dorna, the commercial rights holder of MotoGP, Carlos Espaleta, who knows all about the new format next year. And we thought it'd be a good opportunity to let fans know what's going to come their way. Hello, Carlos. Good, I was going to say good morning, already failed. Good afternoon. How's it going? <laughs> all good? Well, good, good, good to be here. Um, I listen to you guys quite often, so I never had the pleasure. So thank you for, for the invite. Wow. Okay. So now from now on, we'll have ultimate pressure recording every other episode. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. Well, glad you're a listener and now you're a guest. So obviously we had some cool news on Friday that the Gas Gas brand will be joining the grid from next year. And then we had another huge bit of news on Saturday that we're going to have sprint races from next year. Where do you want to start? Do you want to just go for what's it going to look like? What is it? When is it? And uh, let fans know what they've got to look forward to from 2023. Well, in order of your comment, I'd like to, to start by welcoming Gas Gas to the championship for sure. That's 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 the first thing we have to do. Uh, no, it's, it's definitely been a, a huge weekend for the championship. Um, the summer break has not been much of a break this year because it's been pretty intense uh, getting everything ratified for the for for the changes, but we're 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 hugely happy. Um, you know, we're we're very happy that everybody in the championship, all our partners, understand what the business is and um, what the championship is and our targets. Um, the same way as as they did during during the pandemic and now uh, with, with this new proposal to enhance the show. So we're very happy. Um, you know, first first off with with FIM, which is uh, you know the our our major partner in the, in, in the championship uh, and then uh, factories and teams and, and, and riders alike. Um, well, you, you, I, I guess everybody that, that's listening knows, knows, knows it all. Um, from, from next year, we'll be introducing sprint races every Saturday afternoon um, at three o'clock. Uh, the races will be half, half the race distance of the Sunday race and we'll give half the points, which is 12 for the winner, uh, nine for second place and then so on till, till ninth position. Um, and the races will not give the grid uh, for the Sunday race. So, anyways, big big introduction for for the championship. Um, super happy, and um, I guess I guess you guys have a lot of questions. <laughs> I think the first one is obviously we're obviously adapting and changing constantly to other sports around us as well. But how did it come to the point where it was the sprint race that was the first thing that? Uh, you guys thought, yeah, let's introduce this. And then obviously other things are going to come down the line as well that we aren't aware of. But there's obviously a lot of hard work that goes on behind the scenes. So, yeah, why was it the sprint race that was the first sort of major change that you guys have made? Well, um, I think it's part of 
it's part of the the business part of the show to to be dynamic in terms of format and to be able to to apply different changes to to the weekend um we had been um you know with 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 the current format we've been for i think probably over a decade um which we were very happy with um we actually introduced it in moto 2 and moto 3 after having having it in, in moto gp for a while and we're very happy nothing's wrong with it you know the the this has been by far the biggest era in the history of the sport and the era with the biggest growth so we're, we're hugely happy with how it's gone um and now you know every every every, every x amount of, of years we have to introduce a change and um this is what we've gone through um the target with the sprint races is clearly um, to have a, a more powerful um, um, Saturday, uh, as, as, as m most of the fans have seen, Sundays uh, uh, seem to be pretty much uh, sold out or have been during the past years um, in most circuits. And this way we create more, more attention for the Saturday, both for the fans at the circuit and the fans at home. Um, you know, I think it's something that a sprint race is something that all the fans, you know, look forward to. Every time there's a, uh, every time there's been a red flag and we've had to restart the race for 10 laps or 12 laps or, or 15, whatever it is, um, you you hear all the commentators on on TV on the broadcast saying, "Wow, everybody watch! You know, everybody tune in. There's going to be a you know a, a short format race." So it's uh, we think that there's you know everything. It's it's all positives for 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 the new format, and like you said, it's part of a a bigger change to the championship. Um, to the philosophy of how we want to bring the riders closer to the fans, um, which which we're working on and we'll we'll hopefully be announcing soon. Um, but yeah, the sprint race is let's say the, the the biggest part of it. That's interesting you say that actually because yeah, on TV it is always like everyone's like, oh, this is going to be even better almost when you have like those eight laps. Like the <laughs> most famous one recently, I guess, is the Oliveira last corner glory uh, in Austria a couple of years ago. Uh, but a sprint race is something different. And like you said, it's also then going to, if we could go through a little bit what the weekend will look like then. So it'll be two practice sessions on Friday and they'll now set the entrance to Q1 and Q2. And then there'll be a free session, free free, that doesn't count towards combined times on Saturday before the normal Q1, Q2 qualifying, which doesn't change. And then the sprint race, right? So you must be really happy looking at that and just kind of thinking of how each day has its own story now and each day has its own importance in the weekend. Is yes, I think that that's really what... <laughs> that's that's really what we're going for you know um it's it's hard to get these things right um and and we, we won't know till till it happens um of course there you know there would be reasons to to maybe do things um in a different way but i think that we have now um the right amount of of, of entertainment on each day and it gradually builds on to the master um you know race on on sunday which is the most important part of the weekend so as you're saying, Friday um, will we'll, we'll continue to be two practice sessions. Um, we will probably uh, take advantage of the new format and now call them practices instead of free practices because they are not entirely free. As you know, they give the combined, um, you know, the combined results for the riders to go to Q1 or Q2. Um, these sessions will probably be longer because the, the, the teams, the riders are losing one session uh, for the sprint race. But this is actually open. Um, the manufacturers are now, you know, calculating in terms of uh, kilometers, in terms of mileage, how much 
the engines and, and the bikes and, and the riders have to do uh, to make sure that we don't create any inflation in prices. Um, but we, we, we would uh, see beneficial to extend a bit the MotoGP class sessions on Friday. Um, this would give us time to really center ourselves to give the amount, uh, you know, TV time to all uh, teams because we have uh, next year we will have 11 teams in the MotoGP class and it's really difficult, you know, in 45 minutes to, to, to really center, uh, uh, you know, as part of our speech, as part of our narrative as a championship to give time to each one of those teams. So with the, with, with the sessions are more extended, that will give us more time. Um, the reality is that one hour, of, of, for example, if we go from 45 minutes to one hour, it doesn't really mean that the bikes are going to be on track for 15 minutes. It probably means that the, 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 the teams have, you know, a larger 40 minutes or 45 minutes to work on their, uh, you know, race simulation. So to work on pace, to work on setup, and those final 15 minutes of each session will probably be, you know, that time attack phase where each rider tries to set their time, their best lap time to go into to, to Saturday. So... That will give us with, you know, at the end of Friday, it will give us, you know, the fans uh, a, a very, let's say, precise uh, knowledge or information on who has good race pace, um, who has a good lap time for the qualifying, but especially who has gotten into Q2 directly or not. So we already have, you know, the headlines for the media, for the fans on Friday afternoon. Um, going into Saturday, um, you know, the riders will have a, one completely free practice as, as, as now is FP4 and then the qualifying um, which, which will determine the grid for both Saturday and Sunday. So the qualifying becomes also very important now. So we're, we're, we're hugely happy on that also. And um, we probably have a, a bigger gap in, at noon, midday, uh, where we will try to make the riders become closer to the fans, closer to the, to, to the broadcasters. Uh, so, you know, our, our heroes are more accessible and then the sprint race in the afternoon. So um, I think it's a, a, a huge improvement on Friday and an even bigger one on Saturday. I think so. I it think selfishly sound... as well for us lot, like from just always writing, will it rain in FP3? Tune in to find out <laughs> is essentially the end of Friday. So it's very exciting today that we'll have qualifying kind of fixed already. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's been interesting the sort of reactions to it. But the grid, I think, was a big question that everyone had before we had the official confirmation on Saturday. Why does it? Why does the sprint race result not set the race result? Uh, and where does that kind of feeling come from of why you didn't go the same way? Because obviously, Superbike, it does partly. Formula One, it does as well. But what's the thinking for MetaGP to just have the sprint race as its own kind of thing? So, yes, um... The format that we presented for MotoGP is not is not like the one for Superbike, and it's neither like the one from Formula One. I think first off, um, in Dorna's opinion, it's hugely important to have the same race format at all events. Um, I think that's part of our uh, personality, um, and it creates for easier understanding of the fans. Meaning that uh, you know, there's. I think one of the biggest benefits of, 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 of motorsport championships is that all events are the same. Uh, we don't have, you know, the sort of, of problems that uh, other sports have, like like tennis or golf or whatever. So they all they are they are all the same. They all, you know, give the same number of points. Um, and I think that's also fairer in terms of the technical uh, um, advantages of each manufacturer because um, I'm sure that all the fans understand that 
um, you know, different bikes perform better at different circuits. So then choosing which races would have sprint races would, you know, probably not mean and an, would, would suppose a, a bias to the championship. So that's not something that we wanted to have. Um, so that's why one, all the events are the same. And then secondly, in our opinion, the sprint race has to be, um, you know, it's not a race as, as the race on Sunday. Um, it's clearly less important, uh, but it's a race on its own where the riders are free, uh, you know, to risk or not, um, but without damaging their grid position for the Sunday race. Um, I think as, as, we, as we've been able to see in other sports, uh, maybe, you know, when the sprint race gives the, your, your position for the Sunday grid, uh, riders are a bit more cautious um, and they don't risk. Um, so that, that's, that's what we want to see. We want to see the top riders in the championship, you know, make, make a gamble on, on the Saturday at the sprint race. I like the idea of it not going towards, like, like you said, I think it's good to distinguish qualifying then the race and then have sort of the traditional qualifying for the, for the main race. So I do, I'm a big fan of that personally. We've had a question on, I think it was YouTube or Twitch, I can't remember which one, um, from Craig A44. It says, the sprints seem like a really good idea um, to bring more people or to get more people to tune in on Saturday, which is obviously the main uh, target. Are there any other ideas to come, he asks, or will you see how the sprint race is received by everyone first? Oh, well, thank you for the support. Um, yeah. Actually, there, there's various good things about the sprint race, um, um, apart from the ones that we've just mentioned. But, uh, for example, we're, we're testing out a new the sprint race at 3 p.m. Um, that's actually a new uh, time block, especially in Europe. So we can also test how that, that works. Um, we've been, you know, the circuits many times tell us that the later the, later the race is, the better, so that they have more time. For the fans to, to reach you know for the traffic uh, the night before which is you know often um uh, posing difficulties for the fans to arrive <laughs> at the circuits early on time because our, our our gp glasses start as soon as 11 so that's that's pretty pretty early um so the, the anyways saturday will now have a lot of entertainment it also gives the fans um you know two races but it also gives all the teams two races you know two grids for their guests, um, you know, so now uh, the, the teams um, and, and, and their guests, their sponsors, which is, you know, a huge business for them. Um, they have an action-packed weekend with a very strong Friday, a hugely strong Saturday and, and the Sunday, which is as strong as before. So um, we're very happy with that. And, um, you know, as soon as we're able to shape up, let's say the minute by minute of each um, of, of the whole time schedule, um, I'm sure the fans will, will enjoy and will be able to attract new ones to the events because uh, there's a lot, a lot of it um, based on having the the riders closer, you know, the heroes closer to their fans. Um, whether it's Sunday morning, Saturday afternoon, and all this, so um, I'm, I'm the, it's on the works, and I'm, I'm I'm hoping we can say more more information soon. Cool. It sounds exciting, certainly. So, assuming it does work, of course, part of the not only to give the fans a bit of show but also it gives everyone more exposure like you said it frees up rider time for other events hopefully for everyone to be able to work together to raise the profile of the sport even further like you said the last what i don't know 10 years doesn't 
I don't know, maybe a little bit more, 10, 15 years, we've seen it grow incredibly with the competition between independent teams being able to race and beat factories, probably sometimes too often for their liking. But it's been really great to see that on TV. Incredible close racing. I think like all of the closest top tens of all time are in like, is it even since 2018 now? I can't remember the table, but it's really, really, really close. Um, but do you think, is that also a really big focus for you? Because obviously we do have the independent teams. They're a huge part of the sport. Um, and it should help to keep that parity even more, shouldn't it? In terms of the coverage that they're able to get. Because they're not selling their own motorcycle. That's not part of why they're in the sport necessarily. But do you think that will really help as well to keep those guys in this fight and give them the coverage they deserve? Yes, I think that the you know the independent teams have been one of the biggest supporters of this change. So uh, I'm sure that they're very much looking forward to the start of the new season. Um, and yes, that's one of the, the, the biggest targets that Dorna has had for the past uh, uh, decade to, to make it even closer. And, and definitely, you know, the championship is looking um, really tight now. Um, you know, we have riders, you know, complaining uh, about finishing 11th or 12th, but just three or four seconds off the lead. So, um, you know, it's it's gotten hugely competitive. We're, we're very happy with the results of, of the technical regulations. We're definitely working on, you know, make, improving even further than that for, for the future. Um, and the independent teams, you know, understand that the show is the biggest part, the entertainment is the biggest part of, of MotoGP. So um, I, I, they're definitely big supporters. That's what it all, what, that's what it's all about, isn't it? The show, I was looking at the uh, rider and manager interviews we obviously did over the weekend in Austria, and I picked up on something Francesco Guidotti said. And he said, the reason we're here is because with racing obviously friday and saturday you prepare for the race obviously qualifying you set the grid and then sunday is what it's all about there wouldn't be as many people watching if it was just friday free practice and saturday so the whole thing of yeah just more races is hugely positive in so many aspects well yeah governing the sport is um you know uh, a big balance of of everything, I'm sure that the engineers in the in each team and each manufacturer are not very happy about these changes. It give you know puts a <laughs> hugely a high pressure for them on on Friday um, and and even bigger risk on Saturday uh, with with limited time to prepare for the, for the race, limited data. It's something that you know um, looking at other sports which have a completely free Friday. Um, um, I've always been very proud that MotoGP already starts, you know, on on the gun, on the gas, uh, as soon as Friday, um, and now even further. So, it's it's always a balance. Um, that's why we've we've presented the manufacturers with an idea to extend the practice sessions on on Friday. It'll be up to them to see if they need this extra time on track to prepare or not. Um, but like I said, it's always a balance um, in terms of you know, the show uh, uh, and how much the, the teams need to prepare for, for the race and, and you know, techni technical uh, development of the bikes, etc. Cool, yeah. And obviously another big thing that's been talked about is in the reactions, like you said, 
Elliot, like, oh, there's more racing. We've got a few riders who are immediately like, yes, absolutely. I think Jack <laughs> Miller was the most vocal, who uh, kind of did a little uh, speech on uh, on Friday or Saturday in his media debrief, just about how much he was looking forward to it. I think one of the best tweets I saw was from Loris Baz, just being like, in Superbike, we have three races and we all want four. So it didn't really understand some of the negatives about adding another race. But how does the process work in terms of getting this kind of, I don't want to say approved, but making this a reality? You say you talk to manufacturers, teams, obviously then the teams talk to the riders as well. But riders is always a little bit difficult as well. If you start a process last year, then would you have Laquona and Danilo Petrucci involved? And then if you're starting a process now, would you have Dovi's opinion on the board? And then next year, Dovi's not here in the sport anymore. Um, but how does it work? Like, how do you start this? Where does the idea come from? And who do you go to first to make it a reality? And then we'll let you go. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> no, um, so first off, I think, um, you know, huge respect to, to the writers. Um, you know, they are... Uh, our heroes, our athletes, uh, the ones that, that put, you know, uh, their body on, on the line. So um, that that's a priority. I think that um, as Dorna, as, as MotoGP, it's clear that um, the riders are very vocal in our championship. They they have a, a huge voice and we like we like it that it's like that. Um, we we started the safety commission, you know, over over 20 years ago. Um, and you know we're, we're we're very happy of of how um, the conversation, how the, the the support, and how the the collaboration is with the riders. Um, there's definitely differences in terms of of the bike performance and how physical it is, and how competitive it is from in MotoGP and and Superbike. That is um, you know that that is true. It is also true that m m Superbike riders are doing two full races. Plus a, a, a Super Bowl race, um, so yeah, basically all opinions are respected. Um, <laughs> in terms of getting uh, something like this approved, um, well, as I'm sure everybody understands, it's it's a it's a uh, tough process. I, I would say, although our partners have, have made it not tough, um, we definitely speak to, to the FIM first and the manufacturers um, and 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 the teams. So this all then goes to the Grand Prix Commission, um, and the Grand Prix Commission. Um, it sits Dorna, uh, which which chairs the the, the GPC, um, and then FIM Erta and um, and MSMA with a representative and a vote for each one of those bodies. Um, that means that we, before we have a GPC meeting, this clearly has to go to the factories for the MSMA to have a vote, uh, the teams for Erta to have a vote, and the FIM. Um, so that was what was done. Um, some some manufacturers, some teams consulted with the riders, some some didn't. Um, but we, as Dorna, we we had uh, you know we, we, it was clear to us that at, at the first safety commission that we that we were able to do it, we would uh, uh, you know explain it to the riders. Um, some have been you know more supportive, let's say, or, or or some have seen the benefit sooner than others. I'm sure that you know during the next weeks, once we explain everything that that. The new proposal brings and everything that it entails to to, to to increase the the exposure of the sport. I think that they'll all understand. Um, but you know, for us, it's really important that the riders are are you know all in for the for the new format because they're the ones that are going to make it a, a success. 
um, we understand that for sure. Um, you know, having a super um, a sprint race, sorry, on, on Saturday afternoon uh, is a bigger risk than it would be to have an, uh, a free practice session as we do now. Um, but you know, we 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 understand the positives and the negatives, and we think that overall it's a, it's a big benefit for the sport. Um, and we will work for sure with the riders to to have their input in terms of things that we could change. Uh, you know, to compensate maybe to to make it less of a load physically uh, during the whole weekend. Um, so overall, happy with with the change. I think you know it's been really a, a record time to to get this approved and and released to the fans. Um, and I'm sure that this will help you know the championship, but but also the the, the exposure and to create uh, you know connection for for new fans, the new generation of of fans. Uh, which will definitely like the the action that the sprint race brings, and the the, the new um, opportunities to to meet with the riders. So so very happy. Well, yeah, it's definitely very exciting. I think from me and Elliot, personal non-company opinions, both big fans <laughs> of it and looking forward to it a lot. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us, Carlos. We will let you go now. Um, and yeah, I think we got a couple of questions from fans in there. So if anyone wants to know anything else, always feel free to tweet and ask MotoGP. You know, one of us will see it or the official account will have the info for you. But thanks very much, Carlos. We will let you go. And uh, yeah, see you in Mizano and look forward to sprints from 2023. Thank you, guys. See you soon. Cheers, Carlos. Thank you. Well. Wow. Just trying to open the notes now without the Carlos part of what we're going to talk about. <laughs> we're going to go straight into uh, straight. In. I, I keep saying Mazzano now because it's the next one, so it's like at the forefront of my brain. Obviously, we're we're not in fact in Mazzano. We're in the Red Bull Ring. No, we're definitely not. Um, so, first talking point: three wins in a row. What is that exclusive club like? Stoner, Marquez, Lorenzo, Rossi. Go on, you've got this. Yeah. Is there one more that I'm missing? I feel like I'm missing someone. There is. I'm surprised you've actually not got this one as well. Is it Danny Pedrosa? I thought it'd be the first. It is Danny Oh, Pedrosa, yeah. Yes. Okay. That, I was <laughs> like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be ashamed of myself because I'm like, it's probably Deephead. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so obviously now Pekka Banyaya joins that list. It's crazy when you look back to, what was it, the first couple of laps in Germany where it, he ended up mm -hmm. sliding out super early. All seemed lost. He's like more than 90 points back. Now, three wins on the bounce at, quote-unquote, not Ducati tracks, a couple of them at least. Silverstone, arguable. Aston, certainly. Was it Stoner, the last Ducati winner at Aston? So uh, that's quite a quite a little statement as well. So much closer in the points and just looks like he's in that Peko zone again, doesn't he? It's, it's an impressive win at the Red Bull Ring. He did the same last year, didn't he? He was a lot of points back on uh, Fabio and then sort of a bit, little bit later in the season, wasn't it? Or around about now where he started to um, pick points up, pick up wins. Um, and yeah, I mean, didn't put a foot wrong. I think Miller called him like Iceman in the post-race press conference because he obviously got the whole shot um, and then didn't relinquish the lead really. It was Miller who tried to overtake him a few laps in uh, but Pecco got him straight back and then from there on yeah, it didn't uh, didn't look like anyone was going to win until maybe the last couple of laps where Fabio started to come good but yeah, Pecco was 91 points down after Germany and we all sort of thought with Assen and Silverstone coming up with 
Fabio obviously winning both those races last year, you sort of feared the worst for Peko, but to go and win both those races and then back it up with winning at the Red Bull Ring, yeah, seriously, seriously good form and what a club for him to join, join as well. Like that's just something to tell your grandkids, of course, like boast about. It's a very exclusive um, list of names he's joined. So that won't be enough for him, of course. He wants to win the world title. So it'll be interesting. I mean, and of course, next we've got Mizano, like you say, and then Aragon um, after that. So yeah, it's going to be very exciting, interesting couple it? of races. Yeah. I think I think Mazzano I think could be another duel between the Fabio and Pecco. Aragon might be another chance for that deficit to come down. Obviously, been a tougher track for Yamaha at times. However, tougher <laughs> track for Yamaha statistically it was probably the Red Bull Ring, wasn't it? The toughest one. And what was it? 0.4 something yeah. over the line that Fabio was behind. In a year where it's quite clear that. Yamaha is struggling a little bit more. Obviously, Fabio is doing an incredible job and they're, you know, right up in the championship fights. Thanks to what he's doing and thanks to obviously a bike that works well with him. There are things that they've stated from both sides that they want to improve, including top speed, etc. But compared to, say, 2013, 2012, kind of that Lorenzo Yamaha era, it's definitely quite a feat to be taking Yamaha's best ever finish at the Red Bull Ring in amongst a load of Ducatis and make it only four tenths deficit over the line at the end of the race. It was, as your WhatsApp message said, godlike. <laughs> what do we think of that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we said it on the last episode, we've run out of superlative to describe Fabio's form this year because he is riding just out of his skin and that overtaker move on Miller was probably overtaker the season so far and it could prove immensely important come the end of the year couldn't it but to yeah just to even be in the fight with the Ducatis well not at the start because he took a few laps to get that hard front tyre warmed up to his to his liking Maverick Vinales obviously overtook him and then Maverick slipped back and then yeah Fabio just kept on building didn't put a foot wrong um and yeah that overtake on Miller was a champion's overtake as our colleague Lewis sort of put it in commentary and it was um yeah he, he is just riding like a god and he is as Aleish said um the fastest man on track by some distance at the minute I mean if you put him on a Ducati is he winning most races? He probably is at the minute with the form he's showing. Um, oh, that's a big so, yeah. thing to say. It's not. It's, you don't just swap him in and swap him out, you know. Of course, no, look no, no. At, of course, look at Maverick's if he journey. On... <laughs> <laughs> no, as in, like, if he was already accustomed to the Ducati and riding like he is, then you. it would be very, very you. difficult to beat. Um, yeah, I mean, next two races are very obviously. Um, every race is important, of course, but I think. Mizano, he'll he'll be a write up because he went well there last year. Um, but Aragon will be very very interesting, very interesting. It'll because... be interesting as well because we're going back to a few places that we've not been in a while. Yeah, um, for and sure. well, as well because like Fabio was kind of in his stride. Obviously, not the level he's at now, but he was fairly in his stride by that part of his rookie season. Like him and Mark had a great battle at Buriram, didn't they? So yeah. I just wonder what will happen there as well with the Ducati 
that's arguably probably more different than the Ducati that took on those tracks in 2019 than the Yamaha is to the 19 Yamaha. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a very interesting one, but I'm very excited. And, and for Mazzano as well. So we've got Alicia and Aprilia on the list. I think it's just one of those with them where it's like, tougher weekend their best finish at the red bull ring before this year was 10th anyway i think so i think it was always going to be maybe one of the tougher ones bit of a disappointing one for maverick vinales as well obviously slipping back after that run of third second and then all oh, but mazzano should be interesting <laughs> especially with maverick's form at mazzano that we've seen before um but then shall we okay what else can we tick off because i'm conscious of the time juan mir sad times um obviously that early high side i mean i, d I don't want to make this sound like it's you know a entertaining fun thing to watch but it's just purely crazy watching how quickly he's flicked off the bike so really you know unfortunate sad times he's got those breaks in his ankle and that ligament damage but what a huge crash really thankful that he's only uh only quote unquote uh, suffered that sort of injury and yeah we won't see him at Mazzano which is uh, a bit of a loss to the grid isn't it one of our recent world champions so I think there'll only be Fabio on the grid that's a world champion in MotoGP at Mazzano Oof. yeah maybe actually yeah obviously Mark's not going to be riding in Mazzano yeah. um... good segue though yeah yeah Good segue, yeah. Just What's on the um... big question about when or when <laughs> Mark may be riding at Mazzano. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I spoke to him in Madrid, we did that interview. The there was obviously a main, lots of main talking points coming from it. But one of the main things I took away from it was they really do not want to rush this. And I just think, from a personal standpoint, the Mazzano test is less than two weeks away he's been given the all clear which is great news he can intensify his training and start training on a motorcycle um which will obviously start doing straight away of course so it's going to be very interesting to see if he's at the Mazzano test um they'll probably leave the decision as late as possible obviously to give him more time to see how his arms feeling after stepping up the training but Pooj obviously I mean Fonda it's crucial that he's on the bike as soon as possible but it's also very important that he doesn't rush it back. They won't rush it back. I know they won't because this is last chance saloon, isn't it? He's had the fourth operation. He said it himself. It is. This is it's now or never. So to rush him back to the Mazan test when he might not be quite ready. I think Pooja was talking to Dizone, um and said, look, even if he can go out and obviously not do like a hundred lap a day test or a couple of days, just a handful of laps here and there try and get some feedback on the bike will be really, really helpful Vonda and obviously Mark as well. So great news that he's got the all clear to step up his training, but yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting to see when Mark returns. If I had to put my finger on it, I'd say we probably might see him at the Mizano test, which I wouldn't have thought was possible um, just because of the situation Honda are in. And Mark's obviously not ridden the bike since Mugello, so it's going to be good for him to um, get that last stage of fitness up because he said it in the press conference, didn't he? He said, I can't be fully fit unless 
I ride the MotoGP bike. That's sort of the last stage of getting his fitness to where he wants to yeah. be. So it did. It does make me laugh a little bit going back to when we talked to Cal a couple of weeks episodes ago, when he's like never trained on a bike in winter, always used <laughs> to turn up to Sepang, yeah. just like ready to get back in the groove, and then one of his former colleagues uh within honda obviously within the ranks is just like no i can't be fit at all unless i've been on a bike uh yeah, so yeah it's uh, it's always interesting how different riders approach things so differently at times um but yeah i think we'll have to wait and see won't we it's Absolutely. it's difficult as well isn't it with the flyaways because uh it's a little bit more it's a little bit i don't know it's a little bit more complex going back to a track as well um, that you've not been at for for much longer. Um, so yeah, I think it will be a very interesting one. But final note, um, we did speak about Gas Gas very briefly, and Hervé also slipped that into the uh, press conference about the sprint races as well, uh, doing <laughs> bits already, ready for next year. But uh, yeah, Polo Spargo, now of Honda, futurely of Gas Gas. I think that's quite an exciting one, that is, isn't it? Because Pollen, uh, obviously, it'll be Gas Gas branded, but within that sort of, what shall I call it, Matic based project in terms of the engineers and the uh, technical side, um, really lots of success. And also one of the biggest figures who developed that bike and took it to Grand Prix winning form, if sadly he just missed out on that in that aforementioned sprint race with the Oliveira and Jack Miller just uh, getting him at the end of the race. I feel like Paul's got unfinished business that KTM obviously will be rebranded as Gas Gas under the same You've umbrella. You've got to say Gas Gas um, or our former donor colleague now of Gas Gas will come for you. Yeah, I know who you're talking about as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he had a successful period when KTM managed to get the bike up to speed he should have won a race or two shouldn't he? he was a bit unlucky in parts but and obviously the honda story hasn't been the dream that he hoped it be honda hoped it be and a lot of us hoped it would be as well because paul's such a nice guy and he's obviously a very quick rider as well and we wanted to see him do well but i think i think it's a good move i agree it's an exciting move um he's obviously going back home sort of thing it's an environment he obviously enjoyed, very happy to be going back there and hopefully KTM and Gas Gas can get the bike just to bridge that extra two, three tenths that they need, especially on a Saturday, Sunday, they seem to be all right. But that qualifying pace is where they're struggling a little bit. But the interesting thing out of the press conference was Pitt Byra saying that they've pretty much offered Miguel some updated terms and conditions because Jack Miller's coming in to replace Miguel at the factory team, which sort of pointed Miguel out of the door. KTM said they'd offered him the what was the Tech 3 seat, now the Gas Gas seat. Miguel turned that down. So that's that's a really interesting thing to come out of that press conference, I think. Yeah, I think for sure. It was certainly an uh, eyebrows raise moment, not the uh, revelation <laughs> we're expecting from the event. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to see what happens with that second seat, won't we? Because it said, I mean, there's been all sorts of names bandied around. Uh, but then we also had, like, I think Remy Gardner in his debrief over the weekend. And one of them said there's no room for him next year. He'd been yeah. one of the names linked to it. So yeah, I think it'd be a very interesting one for sure. But yeah, I'm just excited about 2023. But then I'm also really excited <laughs> about going back to like Buriram 
and yeah. Australia and where are we going for Mategi. I was like, I've missed a big one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just really excited to go back to uh, to those tracks. And then obviously Sepang, a modern classic. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's interesting as well. Uh, now that we'll get to uh, hopefully go back to Sepang for pre-season testing. I said hopefully because I've learned to live in doubt since COVID. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just live in fear with everything. Um so yeah, obviously preseason testing back at Sepang that should be a, a good start to the season as well. But so should we leave it there? I think we've covered most things, haven't we? And uh, yeah. yeah, thank you Can very do. much to our guest Carlos earlier on. I hope that cleared up a few doubts if any of you had them about sprint races uh, and about how the collaboration works and sort of the the voting almost. I mean, voting makes it sound like they do ballots. I don't think they do ballots, but uh, obviously, how all these <laughs> big not. decisions are sort of discussed and taken. So yeah, thanks very much for joining us, and uh, hopefully, we will see you again for the Mazzano episode which I think will probably be another bit of a tech one, uh, given yeah, that we have the test. So, so uh, yeah, that's genuinely going to say toodaloo. But ciao for now, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. See you again soon. See you later.